KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Every generation thinks it's the best generation, and every generation has its problems relating to other generations. Well, every generation definitely is different, and that goes especially for Generation Z. And Katie Carnival, media and communications instructor at Delaware Valley University, has done some really interesting research into what sets Gen Z apart. And also, she looks into what Gen Z expects out of higher education. It's fascinating and eye-opening, as you'll hear. So to start, just so we can kind of set the table for what we will be talking about, what are the criteria? Who falls under the umbrella of Generation Z? Sure. So there's quite a few definitions out there that really sort of dictate the definition of who belongs in what generation. I go according to the Pew Research Institute. And according to Pew, Generation Z is anyone born between 1997 and 2012. So right now, Gen Zers are between the ages of 10 and 25. So you did a ton of research into this. I've watched your presentation. What it kind of inspired you to focus on Gen Z for this research? Sure. I think it's it's kind of a funny story, but I, I started two big life milestones in the same day. So August 26, 2019, I started my full-time faculty position at Delaware Valley University. And it was also my first day as a doctoral student in the higher education program at Immaculata University. And when I walked into my first class at DelVal, I saw many young faces before me, which I kind of expected, but it was a different audience than what I was used to. I had been in higher education for 12 years at that point, but most of my students were of older generations. So they were considered to be adult students beyond the traditional 18 to 22 age range. And I tended to have a lot in common with them. So we had careers, we had families, we were you know, juggling all these different things. And so the rapport and the atmosphere was very different when I got to Delaware Valley University and was in front of these young folks. And I felt like I really need to learn who who these students are and how best to support them and educate them. So that very night at my very first doctoral class, they said, you really want to keep in mind what your dissertation topic might be. And I thought, it's got to be Gen Z. I have to learn everything that I possibly can about Gen Z. So that is really what started the entire thing for me. And with the research, you dive into kind of breaking down Gen Z, but also looking at what Generation Z is looking for out of the classroom? Yes, yes. So, you know, I study them as a generation. So that that population, that age range and kind of what their upbringing has been like and how that is dictating, you know, what they're looking for in their future as far as education and as far as employment. And it's just vastly different from previous generations, including the millennials that, you know, they they were alongside in higher education for a bit and will be alongside in, in the workplace as well. How is Generation Z unique? Kind of give me the the, the 30,000 foot view of this. Sure. So they make up a quarter of the population. So they're the largest generation. They're the most ethnically and racially diverse generation in U.S. history. 
So in 2019, 52% of Gen Zers are white, 25% are Hispanic, 14% are Black, 6% are Asian, and 5% fall into um, other categories. And if we take that same measure in 2003 and we, we take a look at the millennials, 61% of them were white. So 10% less are white. And if we take a look at Gen Xers in 1987, 70% of them are white. So each generation is more diverse than the last. They have higher high school graduation rates, lower dropout rates than previous generations. And pre-pandemic, more of them were going to college than previous generations. We're seeing a drop in enrollment in higher education now. So we'll kind of have to do a wait and see game to see what that full effect of the pandemic is going to be. But prior to that, you know, two thirds of them really saw more value in their education than ever before. There was a sense of urgency for completing their education so that they could enter the workforce. So this is a group that, you know, kind of comes of age, 9-11, the housing crash, the Great Recession. And I would imagine growing up with that as the background music really makes a mark on them, no? Absolutely. So what was surprising to me was in my first year, I showed some live footage of 9-11 and most of them had never seen it. And, you know, they knew about 9-11, they, they knew what happened, but they weren't as immersed in it or as exposed to it as I would have assumed. And then, you know, upon further reflection, realizing that they were one, two, three, four years old at the time and kind of didn't live within it, but rather the aftermath of it. So 9-11 certainly, you know, is a conversation that we tend to have. Uh, you referenced the recession and that certainly is something that they're more familiar with. So the time period of the recession, you know, 2008 to 2010, they were, you know, in their younger years, but perhaps they experienced um, a parent losing a job or they had to sell a home, or they had, you know, some, some financial struggles. And so they're growing up with that. And just like the children of the Great Depression, we're finding them to be more financially conservative than the millennials, than Generation X. So I think that's kind of a unique mark on Gen Z that we're just starting to see uh, come to light. What are some, you mentioned, you know, more financially conservative are there, before we kind of dig into Gen Z in the classroom, are there other kind of characteristics? Because just me as a layman, this is a, it seems to me this is a generation that is much more open to talking about things. They are much more open to sharing things, talking about mental health. These are just a couple of things that jump off of my, jump out of my head. And this is just from my interactions at work and such like that, and also on social media. Uh, would you agree with that? And are there other things that kind of are, are kind of trademarks of this generation? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we have pros and cons, you know, positives and negatives. I try as best I can to focus on the positives because I feel like I personally have learned so much from this generation already in just the few years that I've worked alongside them. They are much more accepting of others than previous generations. They're very authentic, and I feel like this is an opportunity for us to learn from them. Um, they 
are very accepting of others in their social circles, in the classroom. And I feel like that creates an atmosphere where everybody can come together and share their ideas. And, you know, the best ideas come from that sort of um, opportunity. One of the things that we can view as a positive and a negative is technology, right? So they're so tech savvy. They were born into the digital era, the mobile era. They've never known, you know, a world really without all of this technology, certainly not without the internet, like many of us in in generations X and Y. So they're very tech savvy. They take to new things. They like change. They welcome it. They're fine with it. I found it to be very helpful. You know, I have a Generation Z member at home, my 14-year-old son. He often helps with technology. I have students in the classroom who help with technology. But the flip side of that, of course, is the fact that we're dealing with some real technology dependence issues where they're so tied to it. They're spending half of their waking hours on screens. They're spending seven hours a day watching videos. So think YouTube, think TikTok, other social media platforms. They literally live online. And because of that, you know, there are distractions. There's a drop in socialization. There's, you know, um, attention issues stemming from that. There's mental health struggles. So as much as technology brings all of these great, wonderful things to to our world and Gen Z knows just what they're doing because they're so tech savvy, it's really hard for them to disconnect from it. You know, I mean, every generation is different, obviously, because of the circumstances and the times you live in. But I feel like this Generation Z, it's almost like become its its whole own category. There, there's not really, if you kind of put a, a Venn diagram, there wouldn't be a lot of crossover with a lot of generations. Am I wrong? No, you are absolutely right. I think this generation is becoming different sooner than previous generations. So with the millennials, we didn't really see their effect until they were out of higher education and they were entering the workforce and they were kind of shifting and changing that. Gen Z from an early age has disrupted so many different industries. So one example that I like to give is I have a 14-year-old son. Uh, You know, luckily he likes to go outside and play basketball and wiffle ball and ride his bike with his friends. But you know, instead of just coming in for a snack, they'll door dash. So they will door dash Chick-fil-A to the driveway or something. Um, And one of the examples I gave in my presentation was that the other day they were playing basketball. They decided they wanted to, to door dash. And so they decided to door dash from a ghost kitchen that was endorsed by a YouTuber. And I don't think that many people in previous generations would even know what the heck I'm talking about because I kind of had to have him explain that to me. So they have, you know, YouTube, they're on there hours and hours a day and they have influencers on YouTube. So these are sort of the celebrity endorsers of of our age growing up. So the musicians, the actors, the actresses who endorsed products. Now it's everyday folks getting their own YouTube channels and they're getting these endorsement deals where they're able to, you know, pitch different items and 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 basically get generation Z to spend any disposable income they have on it. So they ordered DoorDash. They they don't use cash. They have cash apps for everything. They're basically a cashless uh, generation 
And so they ordered these burgers from a ghost kitchen. So essentially this influencer has these ghost kitchens all over the country that he contracts with to use his name to, to have, you know, children of a certain age want to buy those burgers. And my tech savvy son who said, yeah, you know, we ordered these burgers from Mr. Beast. Uh, he Googled the address and it was Red Robin. So after all of that, you know, the, the burgers were coming from Red Robin, but they had a different name on them. And I thought, what a Gen Z thing to do. Yeah, I'm imagining playing that for someone five years ago and trying to explain what all that means. <laughs> and this is kind of an aside, but just so much online, you know, are there worries that when it comes to like misinformation, disinformation, is this gener is Gen Z bet I mean, we've seen what the problems is with the with the boomers because of the lack of tech savvy and taking things at face value. Uh, is this group more likely to be able to navigate through nonsense or are they more prone because it's kind of the world they live in? I think despite the amount of hours that they spend on technology, they are more apt and willing to scrutinize it than previous generations. So they, I think that's where the whole boomer idea came from was Gen Z, the Zoomers, as one of their nicknames goes, was calling out the boomers for some of their actions and some of their beliefs and some of the, the ways that they behave. And I think a lot of that was tied to, you know, the rise in fake news, the rise in, you know, clickbaiting, the rise in all of the misinformation around the pandemic and everything that was going on at the time. And, and luckily, Gen Z, at least the older ones, went through that in a way where they were able to learn from it. And a lot of them were, you know, in the classroom at the time. So, you know, not all of them are in higher education, of course, but I know that it spurned many discussions in my own classes about misinformation. And it really comes down to media literacy. And a lot of that is tied to your upbringing as well. We need to take a break. We will continue our conversation with Katie Carnival right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. Time to get back to our conversation with Katie Carnival on KYW News Radio in depth. So now let's focus on what they expect out of the classroom, specifically the higher education classroom. Kind of give me, you know, like the the bullet menu of what Gen Z wants out of higher education. Sure, sure. So Gen Z largely is coming from the K through 12 system. Um, it was an interrupted experience for a lot of them. So the ones coming in now may not have had a couple of those really important years during high school. Um, but nonetheless, of course, what's always at the top of the list is high quality education. They want some flexibility in that as well. So historically, higher education programs have been pretty rigid in you take these classes, these are your general education or your core classes, and then you weave in some of your major classes. And we, we're seeing a lot of institutions become more flexible with that. Delaware Valley University itself is actually becoming more flexible in our offerings. So instead of having this real rigid core general education um, component to it, there's a lot more flexibility where students are able to go into other departments and other programs and take classes that are more crafted either towards their major or other interests that they have while still getting a lot of those core ideas out of it. 
Another thing they want is opportunities to be creative. This is a very creative generation. If you look at the number of them that are on social media, they're all considered to be these nano creators, right? So everybody can create content and a lot of them do. My own son, you know, he can edit a video quickly and he's obviously never taken a class on it something he YouTubed himself and was able to pick up on pretty quickly. But they want that brought into the classroom. So, you know, when I speak with other faculty members and we kind of talk about this as a group, we're very much getting away from that street lecture style. We want active learning in the classroom. One thing that Delaware Valley University does a really good job with is experiential education. It's actually built into each program where students get an opportunity to do career exploration, research, internships right within their field, and we help you know, bridge those opportunities for them. They want an active and immersive environment. Their attention span right now is eight seconds, so that makes you know, a challenge in the classroom for the faculty member to get and keep students' attention. Another thing that they want that I'm not sure we should necessarily deliver on is they want instant information, right? So they've grown up with this technology. Google is literally, you know, hardwired into them. Any question they need to answer, they go right to Google, they go right to YouTube, and they get the answer. And so we really need to, in higher education, go back to that whole, you know, putting in the work and the effort to get to the, the final point or get to the answer, get to the problem. So teaching them the art of research and discovery. And, you know, I can use myself as an example. I wanted to learn more about Gen Z. That wasn't necessarily going to happen overnight. And I, and I tell a lot of people, you know, I study Gen Z all day long in the classroom and then I have one at home. So it's like this ongoing thing. It's a process that never starts or stops. So I like them to approach their education like that as well and try to weave everything together. Another thing that's coming from them that is really a hallmark of Gen Z is they want a judgment-free experience. I don't know if you've seen those commercials with Planet Fitness, a judgment-free zone, right? So a gym where you can truly be yourself, feel good about what you're doing and, and not feel judged. That's what Gen Z wants in higher education as well. Um, they strive for authenticity, and they really support others. I, I had such a wonderful, wonderful cohort of students in um, the class of 2022, the Media and Communication Program, and the class of 2022 at Val. And I saw them pick each other up when they were down and, you know, collaborate together to come up with some of the, the most wonderful ideas and work and and that cohort mentality was so key to so many of them in surviving the pandemic and persisting in their education and, you know, coming out of it with their degree and this, this sense of confidence in whatever that next step might be. And that all goes part of, you know, that judgment-free experience. We're feeling like you are supported. And something connected to that is they want passionate and caring instructors. This is an approach that I've taken since early on in my time at DelVal, not to say that I was a rigid, mean professor in the past, but I just knew that I needed a bit of a different approach with Gen Z. And I chose, you know, very much a, a passionate and caring path. I let them know that I care about them as people, not just as students. So in the very first day, I like to learn more about them. Where are they from? 
What do they like to do for fun? What is their family like? So that, you know, if Hannah has a soccer game or I know that Miller was uh, competing in some kind of, um, you know, writing contest that I can connect with them on those, those issues that show that I care about them outside of what's just happening in the classroom. And then one of the best things, just like a child who comes home with, you know, a, a good test grade, those aha moments where my students just something clicks and they figure out something they're good at, something they want to do for the rest of their life. And that is such a privilege to be a part of witnessing those moments. And that goes along with the passion. I, If I didn't show that passion and care for, for students and, and what I teach, I might not get the emails that say, I got my first job. I'm so excited. I can't wait to be the social media manager at this organization. And those mean so much to me. And I know they mean a lot to the students. So those shared moments um, are really, really fulfilling as an instructor. Now we're going to enter the old man yells at cloud portion of our program. Uh, I'm curious because I watched a a good chunk of your presentation on YouTube. And uh, when you did, you did a exercise, I guess it was a group of teachers to kind of talk about Gen Z. And one of the, you did a, a word cloud and uh, entitled was one of the words that more than one person in the audience utilized that kind of attached to this generation. Is there some, do you think there's something to that? Is this group, you know, does there feel like they're more entitled and that this is how I want things and this is how they should be? Or is that an unfair criticism from older generations that just struggle to adjust to, to what Gen Z wants? I wouldn't say that it is completely unfounded, but I will say that I personally believe that it is not all their fault. So in their upbringing, their coming of age in the early 2000s, we saw this rise in helicopter parenting and everybody gets a participation trophy and nobody gets left out. And I think that has led very obviously to their expectations of what their life is going to be. That if I just show up or I do the bare minimum or I do what I'm told, I'm going to get what I want or what I think I deserve. So I think that's a real opportunity of higher education to use small moments. I'm not saying cut them down to size on day one and expect a 180, but approach uncomfortable conversations and uncomfortable situations where somebody has failed at something, somebody has not followed through on something that they said they were going to do, or somebody has simply just shown up and expected to get an A. And let them know that that might have been your K through 12 experience, that might have been your childhood, but you cannot expect adulthood to necessarily go that way. From a higher ed standpoint, does there need to be more focus? You know, you, you talked a lot about what they expect and how you can kind of cater the experience to that. But are there are there things where you should kind of force them out of their comfort zone just in a learning environment and, you know, challenge them to listen to a 45 minute lecture on, on something and sit still, put the phone away? You know, I, I understand, obviously, wanting to cater to get the most out of them. But is there a conversation of, you know, kind of forcing them out of that comfort zone 
for their own good? I wouldn't say that I've necessarily had a conversation directly with them regarding it, but those situations pop up and I absolutely take advantage of them to use them as those teaching moments. I look back on my own life and I think I had some real struggles with a Spanish teacher in high school, a coach I had in college. And those were really good learning experiences that actually made me a better person. So a lot of them will come to me, especially since I'm an advisor, they will come to me and they will say, I'm struggling in this class, or I'm having roommate issues, or I'm having struggles with my mental health. And so I use those as opportunities. And I, you know, I really try to make them teachable moments, but I approach it from a caring perspective. I care for them, but I need you to still do what you need to do. Take care of this situation. Make sure you get yourself back on track. I see, especially with the mental health struggles and the students who are going through major life changes, that it's really difficult to stay in college and it's really difficult to persist in their education. But I tell them really straightforward, you know, it's not going to get any easier. So if you were to drop out now and try to go back to school in the future, it's going to be so much harder. So if you are able to push through this difficult point in your life, if you are able to overcome whatever it is that you are struggling with now, this will be a distant memory in the future. And you will be so proud of yourself for overcoming that and and persisting through and getting that degree and being able to move on in your future. And I see that more often than anything is students who just, they get very overwhelmed. They're struggling with their mental health. They have other things going on and they just think that dropping out is the, is the easy way out. All that we've talked about your research, your personal experience, your classroom experience with generation Z. Are you, Overall excited for the future and what this group that, you know, as you said, is a quarter of the population uh, is going to to mean for the country and for the planet. I really am. I really am. I, I can't say that I was three years ago on my first day looking at this group of individuals who had trouble making eye contact. They did not speak very much. But once you get to really know them and you open up and you see all of the wonderful things that they have to offer you know, the world, they're, they're philanthropists already. They are socially conscious. They are looking for schools that are paying attention to, you know, situations that are going on in the world. They are looking for companies to give their money to that are supporting social causes. They're wanting to go and work for them in the future as well. They're leaders. They're leaders. They're not afraid to stand up and lead a cause and and put their voice out there and be heard about the things that they really care about. In that way, they're a lot like the college students of the 1960s during that time. So it's kind of it's kind of u- unique and, and special to look back on that and see that kind of activism within within the college students. So I'm very excited for the future. I think that if we educate everyone else a little bit more on Gen Z and we don't necessarily jump to those entitled, distracted, depressed types of labels that we tend to put on them. I think that there's so much that we can learn from them and and there's a lot to be excited about. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. 
You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 